Welcome, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Monday Texans Radio Studio. I love, love, love saying that from the studio. John Harris alongside Mark Vandermeer. Glad you guys are all with us tonight. And when I say we've got a jam-packed show, we've got a jam-packed show. Just like this morning, we had a jam-packed morning. We went from President Greg Grissom to the General John McClain to General Manager Nick Casario. Boom, bang, boom. That was our show <laughs> this morning, Texas Training Camp Live, and it was pretty awesome. We're going to do eh, kind of something similar. We're going to hear from Nick Casario in this segment. If you missed it this morning, you got to hear his interview with Mark and I. It was great, so we're going to have that for you. Now we're going to hear from DK25. Desmond King is going to stop by. He is – I love this guy. Absolutely love Desmond King. And then we're going to close it down with two guys on defense that you need to keep an eye on. These three preseason games are going to be big for them. Derek Rivers, a little Drew's dozen with Drew Doherty. And then Azoya Alufahai. Ha-ha. I learned oh. how to say it. I learned how to say it. I impressed him by learning how to say it. Big Z, first time we've ever had a chance to talk to Big Z, and he was awesome. Really looking forward to that. But, you know, right out of the shoot, I talked to my man, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, I know you're not envious of me talking to Big Z, but, man, I'll tell you what, that is a big, big man. Standing next to him now, listen, you and I have both stood next to every big 300-pounder this team has ever had. He's as big and well put together as any of them I have ever seen, ever. Well, they're going to have some options on that D-line, right? I mean, when you look at the depth in camp and knock wood, it's going pretty well so far as far (laughs) as the uh, medical part of it. Uh, Knock wood, knock everything you can knock. But I like that. And Alufa high, Alufa high. So you stress the alu. It goes up. Little accent on that. That's helpful to me. So you had him say it for you because, like, if I read the phonetics, sometimes it doesn't always work for me. Well, here's what I did. I cheated oh, a little bit. Uh, Not, no. I said it how I thought it sounded. Because mm-hmm. I said Alufa high. Um, Alufa uh, high. Okay. He said stress the loo. And so oh. I said, okay. So then we stressed and we did the interview and I said it. He's like, oh, you said it perfectly. You got I it from felt him. I got, I, so I got it from him after my good attempt. I got a good boy, good attaboy, so to speak. And then he corrected me, and then hopefully I got it right. Um, so I said at the beginning and the end, but in the in between, I just called him Big Z because you know it's an interview. You know, you know how those things go. I didn't really want to get ta- tongue tied. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, as you can with a name um, of that uh, quality, if you will. But Big Z's done some things, and I can't wait to see them get pads on. And Mark, we're going to start right there. First of all, pads on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then a few, a couple of transactions here that came down right as the show or about when the show was starting. We saw both these guys in practice today. So this was not too big a surprise. The Texans have added two free agents, Mitchell Fabroni and Danny Isadora. Mitchell is a long snapper they found through the Hub Football Network, which has been a pretty cool kind of scouting resource thing for guys that have kind of been out of the league for a little while or trying to find their way. And Danny Isadora. Uh, who's been around the league, was a hurricane, is a hurricane, always a hurricane, uh, right. on the offensive line. Uh, also, I thought this was great news, activated off of the active NFI list, Demarcus Walker, defensive lineman. And why does that matter? Well, of all the players on this defensive line or just on the defense in general, 
Marcus Walker is the one player on this roster that had the most sacks of anybody on this team last year. Now, he did it in Denver, but he's got the ability to rush the quarterback. So glad to see Demarcus Walker back. Unfortunately, that means that our guy, linebacker Nate Hall, was waived. Mm -hmm. And as I kind of think through these moves, Mark, the first thing that kind of stood out with Nate Hall was, as I saw that, I saw his name and I went, yeah, the linebackers are making some plays. This linebacker group that's come on next to Zach Cunningham, in addition to Zach Cunningham, they're all making plays. That's probably the biggest takeaway I've got thus far through camp is that the linebackers have been tremendous. Almost everyone I can think of has made a play in practice, in coverage, and a lot of them coming up with picks. It's been kind of fun to watch. Well, my guy, Kamu Gruje-Hill, who I yes. interviewed, and we'll have that for you tomorrow, he had a pick today, which is cool to see. Uh, you, you look at guys like Neville Hewitt, who led the Jets in tackles last year. You know, I don't want to say he's an afterthought because he's not an afterthought to the staff, but to some of the onlookers uh, from the outside in might forget about a guy like that. Right. But yep. he can make plays to your point. You got linebackers for days. That's my quote. Now, with defensive linemen, you also have defensive linemen for days, Johnny. And I think yeah. that as the pads come on, this is one of those position groups because now you can evaluate the run game differently and pass pro and all that. But this is one of those position groups that gets to be in sharper focus as you move on as far as what the final cuts are going to be. We're a long way from that still. I mean, it's really short in total time and calendar time, but a lot of reps until they have to make those final decisions. So it's going to be interesting to see how these next few practices play out. No doubt you want to hear or you want to read our work. Mark and I both have articles up there. My Harris hits are up there. Uh, Mark's Vandermeer's view is up there on HoustonTexas.com. So we'll let you take a look at that. But, Mark, we didn't get into this too much this morning, but we did a little bit. I found it interesting that this morning I said when we were talking about Carson Wentz, I was not optimistic about him trying to play through this. We got out of practice. And we find out that Carson Wentz is going to undergo surgery and be out for five to 12 weeks, five to 12, which is an odd, usually five to seven, you know, 10 yeah. to 12, it's kind of weird, but Carson Wentz out five to 12 weeks, your gut reaction when you saw that. Well, I, I saw the Mike Vrabel reaction to it and he said something like, oh, that's, that's great that they could narrow it down like that. Uh, so that means if you go a day over five weeks, you're going all the way to 12. There's no in between here. No, it's yeah. five to 12, as you pointed out. And I pointed out this morning, I never feel bad for the Colts, but I do feel bad for Carson Wentz. And you don't want to see anybody get hurt. It is a serious thing. There's no doubt the Colts quarterback situation. This is one to watch. And I noted that when they have a quarterback that starts every game, they go to the playoffs when they have a quarterback that doesn't start every game they have trouble. And this is since the Manning era began when they have a quarterback, when they have to carve up the starts, they're yeah. not going to the postseason. The Hasselbeck years, look, he won some games for them, but they went eight and eight, two years in a row under Chuck right. Pagano and they fought their way to get there. And you could say that they did well getting there under the circumstances because they had all sorts of issues those years. But the point is, they are in big trouble here, Johnny. Now, they have a good offensive line. They have a good running game. They have a good defense. They have a lot of good. But they got to get the signal caller thing straightened out. One wonders if there's a move going on. You know, when the 
Who tweeted out Garoppolo to the Colts? Look, they can't afford to do that. They just traded for Wentz. And right. you, now you want them to pay Jimmy G and make the currency exchange with the 49ers that it's going to take to bring Jimmy G in. You think the 49ers are interested in giving him away? No. So they're in deep trouble right now at the quarterback spot. And I don't know what the solution is. Is it on their roster? Is Ellinger the guy? Just kidding. But I saw that going around as well on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, in our area, that's definitely going to go around. No doubt. Titans, looks like Julio Jones might have a little bit of a tweak, but it does sound like he is uh, going to be okay. And I know there was something with the Jaguars that caught your oh. attention, and I I just started chuckling when, when you said what had your attention. What is it with the Jags that has you kind of fired okay. up? All right. All right. So the Jags are now becoming – look, and you're going to be happy about this because it's just better okay. for our shows – I've never really hated the Jags, right? right? I don't like them. They're in the division. I hate the Colts, the worst yes. of all. The Titans, of course, I hate them. Yes. But the Jags, is it's always been like, all right, they're the Jags. They're another opponent. They, yes, they're in the division. Uh, yeah. I respect all opponents, but I never really hated them, Johnny. Yes. I'm starting to hate the Jags. Ooh. Urban Meyer. All right, no. I've never really been a huge Urban Meyer fan. All right, I respect him. He's a tremendous college football coach, obviously. I mean, how can you not acknowledge his greatness there? But with the Jags, there's this, there's this media desire to love them with Trevor Lawrence because the media loves Trevor Lawrence. The media, yes. not all media love Urban Meyer, but Urban Meyer in the NFL is very sexy to the media. And yes. this highlight, and now, and you have Tebow, of course, as well. Oh, and stop the me. highlight in practice of Trevor Lawrence stepping out to the left and hitting Tim Tebow in the back of the end zone has been seen more than the immaculate reception. All right. <laughs> this, I've seen it more than the catch with Dwight Clark. All right. Yeah. I've seen this more than any NFL highlight in history because they're acting like this is some huge deal that Trevor Lawrence in practice can avoid tackling dummies, literally tackling dummies, step out to the left, throw to the back of the end zone and Tebow can make a diving grab. I salute the athletic ability. Nice practice play. If it happened here, I'd be very happy about it. Believe me. But the highlight is living Johnny. Like we have just seen Hale Flutie. This is practice. We're talking about practice. Now, <laughs> I do like the tackling dummy thing, though. I do kind of like, like that. that. Yeah. You know, yeah. they so the tackling dummies, what what's happening here is I think there are four or five of them. And people, when the ball is snapped, they they bring those tackling dummies into the backfield to simulate right. the backs of the offensive linemen backing up on Lawrence so he can get used to the pocket. And Johnny, I was saying this to you the other day in practice before yeah. this highlight started running that I think that kind of thing is a good idea just to simulate it. Uh, they have been doing it and look, it produced the greatest highlight in the history of the national football league, a training camp touchdown pass to Tebow. Yep. Nothing's better than Lawrence to Tebow for a touchdown to make uh, social media all a flutter. Yikes. Uh, like it did the other day. Well, a guy that gets social media going just, well, just because he's the GM of the Houston Texans, he sat down with Mark and I this morning, Nick Casario. We had a great discussion. If you missed it, well, here you go. We got you covered. Nick, day off yesterday, but I know you guys were working, right? Yeah, good morning. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, getting ready for a big week. This will be a good week. You know, got a uh, good start last week, four good days. Uh, players had a chance to recover, um, kind of go through some things. We talked about the team, kind of went through the personnel and kind of what the expectation is heading into this week. So we'll get another day kind of similar to what we did last week relative to what we can do on a practice field in terms of helmets and that. And then tomorrow 
will kick into a different gear and there'll be a little bit different emphasis. But it's a big week for us to try to make improvement as a football team. It's a longer camp because usually in a non-COVID year, you'd start practice two weeks before that first preseason game. Now you have the extra three days. How does that help? Uh, it just gives you more time to kind of see what you have as a team and mm-hmm. kind of get your team ready to play again. It's not necessarily about scheme and kind of getting ready for an opponent this week. It's really mm-hmm. on basic execution and fundamentals, and the installation has gone, gone in, and by probably midweek we'll have essentially everything installed. Then we'll have to worry about some of the situational elements. Um, so, again, then you kind of transition to sort of game week preparation, but it's not as if it'll be necessarily game planning. There'll be certain things that we're going to want to do in the game just to give the players the best chance to have some success on the field. Nick, I would imagine over the last how many ever years you thought about being a general manager and what that would be like. You've now done it for six months. Has there been anything that's been surprising to you that you were like, man, I didn't see that one coming uh, in this situation as you've taken over, anything training camp, anything before that? Has there been any surprises or were you fairly prepared for what you were going to see when you got here? It's a great question. I think what you have to do is over the course of your time, however long you've been in the league, whatever your level of experience is, just try to take some of the things that are core and that you've learned that are sort of foundational and try to implement those and understand that every situation, every team is going to be different. So, again, there's things that are going to pop up that necessarily you haven't prepared for or thought about. I think it's how you respond to those situations and the quickness with which you do it and then be able to make the decision and move forward. So I'd say, again, I wouldn't say necessarily anything surprising, John. It's just day-to-day maybe there's some different things that you just have to deal with specific to your team that maybe you hadn't anticipated. Nick Casario joining us. Terod Taylor had the excused absence on Saturday. What's the situation with him, and is there an update on the Deshaun Watson situation? Yeah, Tyrod's back here. Um, He'll practice today. Uh, No real update or change um, on Deshaun's situation. Um, He was here last week. Um, I would say he was uh, he was fairly active. He was in the meetings, receptive to the information, interacted with his teammates. So again, we'll take it one day at a time, like we like we've been doing. Nick, in a situation where you have so many new players, how important is it to have a guy like Tarad, who's I say been there, done that, but a guy that's very calm, seemingly poised doesn't look like he gets rattled how important is it to have a guy like that with so much new going around yeah it's a good question i think the overall composition of the team we have a lot of players that have experience um and again i think one thing you have to do is just go out there and perform your job and execute your responsibility and how you do your job is really more important than anything else so again we talked about this this morning i thought david had a great quote it's you know well done is better than well said so it's about you know what (laughs) you do on the field and then when you have confidence, when you do the right thing and the guy next to you sees that you're going to do the right thing, then you in turn have confidence in each other because ultimately on Sunday, that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, you can't, you know, you're not going to hear what a coach is yelling from the sideline or telling you on the sideline. You're going to be listening to the guy next to you or the guy behind you for the information, and hopefully you've trained your mind and your body so that you're prepared and can react accordingly and go out there and execute um, each play to the best of your ability. Well, speaking of well done, it's been said to me that defenses can develop quickly sometimes because you're breaking something down as opposed to building something up with the offense. So what do you think of the defensive performance so far? We saw some batted balls and picks on Saturday. This camp, a lot of veterans coming together in short order. Yeah, again, you're, there's peaks and valleys. Some days offense is going to have more success than the defense. The defense is going to have better days than the offense. That's training camp, so it's about really how you respond. But specific to the defense, I think the effort has been good. We have a lot of guys that are getting to the football. Um, you're starting to see some of the team speed show up a little bit. So, again, creating negative plays, is it's not about one individual, one player. It's about a collective team effort. 
So it's the front has to do their job. The linebackers have to do their job. And then we have to get all 11 hats to the ball. Um, but the communication's been good. There's been a lot of energy, um, a lot of communication. Um, they've, they've been able to get their hands on some balls here in the training camp, and you just hope that continues moving forward. I really want to ask about the rookies because that would lead me to a question about the draft, but I know you poo-poo that. So I'm going to ask you <laughs> You're already again. preparing for the draft. I'm so you started watching, I'm already, I'm already there. So are we. <laughs> I, I know you are, which is a good sign. But without pads, I get asked this a lot, Nick. People say, hey, what can you, what can you learn about the big guys without pads? They're not wearing pads. They're not hitting. Uh, you know, it's a passing camp until the pads go on. But what can you learn about the guys when they're not wearing pads down in the trenches? It's a great question. Do they know what to do? Can they execute their assignment? Can they do it with the right fundamentals and techniques? Yeah. So then you can watch those things. You can see those things. And if you need to get something corrected, you can go ahead and get it corrected. Uh, like, are we getting the blocking the blockers distributed appropriately right. in pass protection? Okay. Did he miss a slide call? Okay, what happened? So there's things that you absolutely can see and evaluate. And then, again, once you get into a, a, a padded practice setting, then you can kind of see some of the, I would say, the physical toughness come to fruition. Yep. And then you can have a little bit more emphasis on a running game. But each day, whatever you're doing on the practice field is an opportunity for the player, A, to show the staff they know what to do. And then, again, going back to what we just talked about, instill confidence in your teammates around you. All right, we see you out here writing down things on a piece of paper on your notepad. So what kinds of things do you write? What can you share with the listeners? What kinds of things might be are you my taking? grocery list? So in case I, <laughs> I think it's something, pick up the dry cleaning. But what, what are you writing down, and what are you looking at later on tape? Maybe specific player interaction or performance. What are you looking at? Some of it is logistical, just operational. There's some things with practice or the flow of practice, or you know, a drill or a timing element, that kind of thing. Um, and then again, you just. As you see things, you just something pops into your head about, okay, what happened on this play? You know, just make a note, go back, and hey, what happened there? So, again, it, you're not going to see everything. You can't write a million things down. I mean, I don't think you're like watching a play and evaluating, making notes about he took the wrong step, he did this, he did that. Thinking what you're trying to do is you get a general overview of the play, see what happened, okay, did they execute their assignment, and if something seems out of place, just go back and figure out, all right, what happened? You know, like mm-hmm. we had the, the first play of uh, kickoff coverage uh, the other day. Um, you know, we lost leverage on the left side as we're going down to cover it. So you want to make a note, hey, what happened? Okay, let's go back. And then we, when you see the film, you can see what happened where the breakdown was. So I think those are the types of things you're trying to see in, in real time and real speed as it happens. And then you go back. I mean, John's writing down way more things on a practice field than I probably am. <laughs> you know he needs to get a recorder so he doesn't write everything down in his notebook. I wish. But you know what's helped me, Nick? And, and I don't know if you guys do this too, but I noticed the other day you guys will put some of the team stuff on the big video board. So yeah. like I'm in the stadium watching the game, I'll watch a play and go, I think this was this, but let me confirm. And then you show it up there. Do you find yourself looking up there at all to go, wait a second, what did we do there? Can I get a quick note from just seeing that Uh, replay? It's a good point, John. I don't do that necessarily. Some players, when they come off on the sidelines, and I think when you're going not necessarily O versus D, but when the players come off, they might be able to peek up. And then we also, our technology team does a great job, have the iPads on the sidelines. Some coaches might want to go with their player and they can go through the series real quick and yep. kind of see what happened, which what that does, that actually simulates the game process because yep. mm-hmm. what happens is, okay, the offense is on the field, run X amount of plays, come off to the sideline, you sit in your groups, and then each coach has an iPad, and they go through the series about what happened. So, again, you're trying to train your mind and train your process so that it's not necessarily all of a sudden what we do right. on Sunday is something new. So yep. I'd say that's the benefit of some of the technology that's out here. Yep. By the way, we need an off-season quarterback competition, like a skills competition with you, Cully, because he played the position. 
position, right? Baz again played, right? You got Dylan yeah. Thompson. Out. You got a lot of quarterbacks out here, Nick. We do. I'm, I'm all game. I'm, 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 I'm ready to go. So the old quarterback challenge. Yeah, the old quarterback. <laughs> That'd be challenge. awesome. I'll drive a golf cart. I don't know if David. I don't know if David want to do that. He might say I'm too old for that. For the Houston, <laughs> he'll run the option for the Houston Texans Foundation. He was a way better. He he's faster than me. So I was a bit. I was slow. I couldn't run. So. I was like too, so they played now. me at safety in the Ivy League. It's a little different. Oh, look different. Oh, we got to see tape on that. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks Best so much. Luck. Have a great day. There you go. Little Nick Casario for you. That was a little bit of a surprise. I found out, we found out yesterday being Sunday, I don't know, middle of the afternoon, 4, 4.30, we were going to get uh, Nick Casario on with us. But he was excellent as always. And, yeah, 100 bucks. Keep that in mind, 100 bucks. if you can figure that out. Sports Radio 610, at Sports Radio 610 on Twitter. Go sign up for it, and you got an opportunity for the general manager to hand you 100 bucks. There's already been a couple of transactions. Uh, let's see how good you are. All right, you know who's really good? Desmond King. I've been following him for a very, very long time, and Mark and I had a chance to catch up with him a few days ago and talk about becoming a Texan and a few either-ors mixed in as well. Desmond King here next on Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Texans All Access. Yes, sir. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. So glad to be with you. Now, last week after our media days, Mark and I did, I think it was a Tuesday night show, and we're talking about various things within that show or within that day that were kind of, that stood out to us, if you will. One of them for me was having the opportunity to catch up with Desmond King. Defensive back, University of Iowa, played with the Chargers, ended up with the Titans for about half the year last year, and then ended up joining the good guys. He's been one of my favorite players in college football for a very, very long time. I I loved watching him play. And sitting next to him was really just kind of odd the other day when we did our interview with him, but it was fantastic. We talked about a lot of different things, and of course, you know we got to get some either-ors in with our man Desmond King. So here we go. Mark, me, Desmond. Let's rock. Joining us right now on Texans Radio, it's Desmond King. So how's the adjustment been so far being here in Houston with these guys on this team? Oh, man, it's great. It's a great feeling being here. Um, Love the team, love the organization, love the players. The coaches are amazing. Um, it, it just it feels right. It feels right, um, and and I just know that I have been put in a great a great position to be successful. That's all I can say right now. Desmond, for for people that haven't seen you play, um, and I told you this coming in, I was like, you know what, put all my cards on the table. You're one of my favorite cosplayers to ever watch because you weren't the biggest, you weren't the strongest, you weren't the fastest, but you might have been the best football player. And it always felt like you went on the field. And you pride yourself on how you play football, not yeah. how much you won the speed contest or the strength contest, but how much you played football. But for people that haven't seen you play, what are you bringing to the Houston Texans playing for the Texans this year? Um, at the end of the day, I'm 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 an energy guy. That's what I feed off of. I'm a guy that's going to go out there and do what I know how to do, do what I know what to do. You know what I mean? And that's that that's that's the end of the story. Like you you, I've been doing it for years now. You know, since I was six years old, yeah. so why change now? Go do, go have fun. It's football. That's what you're getting paid to do is to have have fun out there and win. So, you know, they're getting a guy that want to win, hard worker, guy that's going to bring that energy to the defense, bring the energy to the team, and just be electrified on the field, man, be all over, be everywhere. 
It feels like you're a guy who scores touchdowns. I Absolutely. mean, you just find a way to the end zone. I you love... did with Tennessee last year. <laughs> is, Hello, here's a touchdown. Yeah, I there mean, you it's, go. It's, it's a feeling. I grew up as a running back, yep. mm-hmm. which transferred to being a DB in college, a DB in high school. But, you know, I got a knack for the ball. I love having the ball in my hand, um, and I, I know what to do with it once I get it. So, I mean, well, that's, it just ends up in the end zone. Well, this defense, well, last year the Texans didn't get enough takeaways, right? Yeah. This year with Lovey Smith coming in and the new guys, it feels like that's the mantra, get the ball Absolutely. out. Absolutely, that, and that's our number one goal this year is to get the ball, create turnovers, and it's going to create better opportunities for our team as a whole, not just the defense, but as a team as a whole, our offense, our special teams phases, um, and our defense, you know what I mean? And, and it's once you create those turnovers – they're going to come in bunches. More are going to come as the mm-hmm. game go on, as the season go on. And that's the position that we want to put our team in is getting the ball out. Do you ever get in coaches here and say, Coach, I got running back skill? <laughs> Absolutely. Everywhere I go. And what's been the response? I you mean, say that? I, I almost had a shot at the Chargers. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. They, almost? They, almost. They was, they was going to put me in on offense for a play. Almost did. But – um. But you do get opportunities. You've had opportunities in return game. Oh, return, for sure. All that kind of stuff. Now, I, I, I said a long time ago, I returned punts way, way, way back in the day. It was the scariest thing I ever did <laughs> in a football field. You look at it differently, it seems, when we watch you. Like It looks like there's an opportunity for you. What makes returning punts not as scary for you? What is it that you see or you feel? What do you experience as you're returning punts back I there? I see an opportunity, and that's how I look at it. I see an opportunity for me to – contribute in the game, contribute to the team's success. And I, I see an opportunity for me to do what I'm naturally born to do with the ball in my hand yeah. is go score. Yeah. You know, create opportunities. Like I said, it's going to create opportunities for our offense, putting them in better fit, field position. And that's going to help us as a team. So I take pride in that, you know what I mean? And, I mean, I, I love to do it. I have no fear about doing it. I feel like it's something that I was born to do. And, you know, I, I just like it. Desmond King joining us on Texans Radio. All right, so you're an all-pro, and it's not like you just make that decision before the season. <laughs> or do you? Do you set out to accomplish something like that? I know it's probably a byproduct of just playing well. And at this stage in your career, it's not like you're an older guy. You're just a more experienced yeah. guy. So what do you bring to the table this year as far as that goes and trying to get back to that level? Um, def- definitely, definitely just, you know, putting myself in that right mindset to go out there and continue to be the best person that I can be, the best player that I can be, and it's going to show on the field. The more hard work I put in is the more hard work I'm going to get put out, and that's what's going to keep contributing and calculating over the games, over the weeks. It starts in practice. It starts in the meeting room, and that's that's where I need to start at, start it as, as myself, and then it'll, it'll end up, trickling down to the rest of the team and everybody's just going to come together what are these guys like these teammates of yours uh what can you tell us about your fellow dbs oh they all of them hard workers we compete in everything that we do out there uh today we had conditioning tests Mm -hmm. guys running you know i mean like it's everything's a competition you know we want to make each other better we want everybody to be on the same page everybody on the same schedule and and i can feel that energy from our defensive room right now um, not just the DBs, but throughout the whole defense, linemen, the linebackers, safeties, corners, nickels. Like, we we, we want to build that competitive 
environment in our in our room in our defense room, and I think that's what's going to take us over that edge this year. All right, you ready for some either ors? Pretty simple. I just ask you a question. Either give you two options, either or, mm -hmm. and you roll. You ready? Sounds good. Okay. You got to pick a new professional sport. Football's done. Pick a new professional sport. Either you could be a Premier League soccer star or you could be a Major League Baseball star. So between them two. Between those two. I'll go soccer. Okay. I think everybody's picked soccer. Yep. I'll go soccer. I don't think I got anybody picked baseball. I, I'm, I'm pretty good with my feet. Okay. All right. I'm I'll pretty good that. with my feet. All right. I may have asked you this one before. Either Larry Bird or Steph Curry. Uh, I'm going Steph Curry. That's my that's my modern day. You know, that's my day, okay. day and age. Okay. You know, I watch Steph Curry. Okay, let me make it tougher, maybe. Kobe Bryant or Steph Curry? Mm. I'm going to go Kobe. Okay. I'm All right. Kobe with that Everybody one. Right. loves Kobe. Because I, yeah. only, only because what is when it the about game – when the game comes down to the end, who do you want the ball? Who you want? Larry who, who, Bird. Who has you want the ball? Larry, <laughs> Larry Bird. So Kobe's between Kobe and Brian and Larry Bird, you want the ball in Larry Bird's hand. Larry Bird is gonna make a shot and take your heart. Well, he might pass to another guy. Larry to make Bird a shot. plays basketball like you play football. I believe that because okay. that's that's what he he's a profession in that. That's what mm. he built his craft for. Yeah, mm. you know I mean, mean that that's what he did. I mean, yeah, he could shoot lights out. Now let's say about this, right? You picking Larry Bird because he's good with the ball in his hands. What if he needs to make that stop? Who are you gonna pick? Michael Jordan. <laughs> See, yeah, but yeah. you got to change your person. I'm staying with Kobe. Kobe's an all That's defense true. guy too. That is true. Kobe. Kobe is an all okay. Because not right. just with the ball in his hands, he can do it. All right, I'm gonna make side. this. I'm gonna make this one really hard. This is okay. this. This is hard. Okay, right. we know you went to Iowa. Great career to Iowa. I'm wiping that out. You got to go back to back to school. Oh boy, you got to pick either. Michigan or Michigan State? What's the question? You got to go back and redo everything. Oh, and oh you coming out of pick, high school. Right. And you got to pick either Michigan, Michigan or Michigan State. State. Michigan State. Really? Why? Yeah. I actually wanted to go to Michigan State coming out of high school. Yeah. I, w I took multiple visits, went wow. there, um, talked to the coaches, had a really good relationship with some of the coaches, um, knew some of the players that was up there. Yeah. Um, Tony Lippitt is actually one yeah, of the yeah. like, my closest like friends. Yeah. Um, he wide was at, receiver at Michigan State. He yep. was at Michigan State. He was a wide receiver and switched the corner. Up yeah, that's there right. Too. That's right. So um, I had a lot of guys that was up there, but uh, Michigan State only because Michigan was the the team. Yeah. Uh, for me growing up, so yeah. I wanted to be different. I wanted to go and work my way up. You know, what I mean, yeah. I wanted to go to a school that's not that big in our in our state and kind of make my way up in that program All right. i can appreciate that yeah. i can appreciate that i the more people i've asked that have been from detroit they would tell me michigan state more than any others i like that grain yeah so yep. michigan state or michigan did not offer me so i went to iowa there so i can play both yeah and then you <laughs> played well against both didn't you yeah yeah, yeah. There you go. very yeah. good desmond thanks a lot good luck no problem man. thank you thanks a lot good luck no problem man. thank you i saw a segment on desmond on big 10 network that was absolutely fantastic talking about his time back in Detroit. Very, very cool stuff. I don't know if I can find that. I wish I could because it was a really cool segment about Desmond growing up, ending up at Iowa. Just a guy that I love having around, and hopefully he's going to end up making plays for this defense in 2021. Okay, talking about a couple guys that we hope are going to make plays. One, since he got in the league, injuries have been an issue. One, 
I think has got an opportunity to be a don't sleep on me candidate with an opportunity to make this ball club and be a big, big part of it in 2021. We'll have those two next right here on Texans All Access. We got one final segment this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Had a great show and it was excellent, excellent stuff from Desmond King, who I wrote about today in my Harris Hits. Go check them out. HoustonTexans.com, Harris Hits. Uh, it's my training camp observations, day five, and good old 2-5 Desmond King uh, making his way in there, just being a baller, basically. So he makes it in there. Now, two guys that I think are very, very intriguing for different reasons are going to join us in this last segment. Our first, keeping with the D theme, Drew's Dozen with Derek. How about that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like the alliteration, too. Drew's Dozen with Derek Rivers, defensive end. He, on Saturday, in the pass rush drills, I think he had one rep, I think, if I remember correctly, well, and there might have been others, but the one that I saw, he bull rushed the snot out of a tackle. And I mean, lifted a guy up off the, it was, I, I was just speechless, like, yo, that's a Derek Rivers I saw back before the injuries hit when he got into the league. 2017, 2019, those have been injured, injury-filled years. He missed both of those years, unfortunately. But Derek Rivers is back, and he's actually shown something. I can't wait to see what it looks like with the pads come on. So how about a little Drew's Dozen with Derek Rivers? It's number 95. It's Derek Rivers, a member of the defensive line. Welcome to Houston. First of all, you've you. been a lot of different places. You're from Kinston, North Carolina. Yes, is North Carolina barbecue better than other barbecues? Because let me, let me preface it by saying, I think all barbecues, I'm like, all dogs go to heaven, all barbecues are good. They're just different, right? They are different, but I'm a big, I'm a big Carolina boy. I like that vinegar. It's vinegar base, so that's how, that's how I like my barbecue. Okay, you're from Kinston. That's in eastern North Carolina, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I have a friend from way back from Lexington, North Carolina, and when we were setting up this interview, he said, eastern Carolina barbecue is trash, which that's not very nice to say. What, what do you have to say to that? Uh, tell him he got to come on down. I don't know if he might leave Kinston, but he, he got to come on down. <laughs> I like it. You're very, very political, and you got a little guy helping you out. Is this your intern? What do we got here? Yeah, yeah, this is my guy. What's up? I'll be out there in a little bit, man. Yeah, this is my guy. He keep me on my toes, make sure I'm saying all the right things. Not bad. How old are we talking about <laughs> two. here? He's two. Two. All right. Yes. So he's running. Has a good, good forty. I saw. I mean, he is fast. Yeah. Do you coach him? No. no. He coaches me. He coaches, <laughs> he coaches me. So how are you liking camp? I saw you working after practice with Malik Collins. You're not one of the only guys that's worked with him. I mean, what are you doing afterwards when you're doing stuff like that? Man, just getting better. Trying to uh, learn your teammates. A lot of times, man, it's, it's football obviously is about a lot of technique, but honestly, when you know your guys, man, know how they play, you play much better as a D-line. So obviously me and Malik trying to get that, 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 that teamwork, trying to get that eye to eye. So to the point where we don't even got to say anything, we just know how each other plays and you're just in, in unity. What was this opportunity for you when you decided to come here? Obviously, you know, take out the financials. What was the opportunity for you here? Praise God, man. It was, it's a blessing, man. Shoot, it was it's awesome. Ain't nothing but the grace of God, for real. It's another opportunity. We're all blessed to be able to do what we do. I mean, so I just, I was excited, man, to be back here with a couple familiar faces, some family, friends. And so it's, it's been awesome. And then as a player, what's better about you now versus, say, 
this time last year? Shoot, man, just confidence-wise, that's one thing is just trying to learn. Defense, Lovey's defense is awesome, so it, it makes you play with, use your athleticism, play with confidence. Honestly, it's a, we have a great room, great team, a lot of good brothers in here, and so that, so going from here, it's just everybody encourages you here. And so with, with that, you become a better player, better man, and it's, it's cool. On another note, What's with all the short shorts in this camp? It's hot, I guess, yeah. And that's the thing these days. You look at basketball, everybody got short shorts. So I guess that's the new trend. <laughs> You're not going that far, are you? Man, yesterday I accidentally grabbed some two small shorts. But it's, but no, I'm not going that far. <laughs> hey, let's wrap things up with a little Kinston. Jerry Stackhouse is from there. Yes. Where do you rank in the uh, athletes coming from Kinston originally? Is he, I'm guessing he's top of the list? Man, there's some good dudes, man. Even guys that ain't made the uh, least. We got Brandon Ingram, Randy, uh, Reggie Bullock, a couple guys in the – I'm, I'm probably low on the totem pole, but Jerry's, Jerry's up there. Jerry's up there. I'm going to go I'm gonna go top 15. Top, top 15? 15? Top you're very modest. I mean, come on, you're in the NFL. You're doing what? Jerry Stackhouse, yeah, he's number one, but come on. Yes, I, I'm, I'm still going top 15. There's some dudes, man. There's some guys that can still – that are over there now that still can play ball. Kinston's an awesome place, man. Well, we're glad you're here. Best of luck the rest of the way. You got to get with your son here and get some stuff going. He's, I do. He, he needs you more than I do. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. I happen to be watching that interview. It was so, so cute. Derek's little boy was just waiting for his dad's attention and just so cute to see uh, him. I mean, just a beautiful little boy. And what a great family there. Derek Rivers meeting with Drew Doherty. Now, I had a chance to catch up with a guy that was really, really intriguing to me last year because of his size. I used to say this all the time, the big Z, Zoya Alufahai. I hope I said it right, Z. I tried, man. I really tried. I tried to get it close. And he was really the biggest guy we have, but he was a rookie, no offseason, no draft prep. Like, I mean, he did draft prep, but there was no OTAs, no, I mean, nothing. And yet he still was able to get on a field, do some things, I've been seeing some things out of him that I really like in the pass rush drills. And I actually asked him about that pretty much right off the bat. Here is Big Z, defensive lineman Azoya Alufahai, with me today. All right, John Harris out here day five. And we typically on the radio say Big Z because we get to working and going fast and flapping our gums. And sometimes it is hard to say Azoya Alufahai, how'd I do? Perfect, man, perfect. <laughs> I got it right. Yeah, I'm did. so proud of myself. Mark and I talk about this all the time. I'm going to call you Big Z because it's easy to do yeah, an interview. That's cool. <laughs> See, what's without pads, how tough is it? Big guys inside, I mean, they want to be. I mean, that's why you play football, right? right? right, right how right, tough right. is it without pads? Man, it's extremely tough, man, because instincts, instincts-wise, we just want to get after it and, 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 and bull rush and put my head in someone's chest and, and, and you know what I'm saying, knock them on their back. But... Um, we're um, professionals. We come, we come, in, come here every day. Um, tempo is low, so we go low. Tempo is high, we go high. All right, I saw this the other day, and I want to make sure that I saw this correctly because I saw it from the side, and I was like, I think he just threw Reggie White's hump move. Did I see you do that, and where did you learn something like that, and how important is that to have that as part of your game? Yes, man, it most definitely was Reggie White, man, um, hump move. But, um, yeah, oh, it's Bobby King, man, great coach. Um, teaching us a hump move counter, work upfield a little bit. Um, once the guy bites, hump him over and get a sack, make a play. I was so impressed seeing that. You're a second-year guy. What was the focus for you going from year one, rookie, all the COVID nonsense, now coming into year two, you actually had an offseason this year. What's kind of the focus going from year one to year two? Yeah, most definitely. Coming in, 
our first year, especially with COVID, was 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 definitely tough, but we were able to do it. But coming in year two, coming in with a lot more confidence, um, getting an off an actual offseason program in OTAs, getting to be around the coaches, getting getting to be around the strength staff, nutrition lad, um, was definitely helped. Just coming in, I would say the biggest thing is confidence. Coming yeah. in with a lot more confidence. Okay, you're a Georgia kid. Is this hot to you? Mm, not really. It's it's hot. It, it's hot, but it's but it's not too bad because I'm kind of used to it from coming from Georgia. <laughs> All right, I started this segment with Max Sharping a few days ago. I know he's offensive lineman, but I started this segment called "Say Something Nice About." All right, you ready? Okay, let's do it. Say something nice about Ross Blacklock. Ross Blacklock has some really good tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, say something nice about. Bobby King. Brings great energy every day to practice. Comes with great energy, man. He's a great coach. Say something nice about Titus Howard. Physical. He's real physical. Brings a lot of great energy. And he's a dominant player. Okay, last one. Say something nice about Justin Britt. Great veteran leader off the rip. Um, he's only been here for for, um, for a little bit and he's already a, a leader of this team. How important is that, Z, the, the fact that you have guys that have come in that have been leaders elsewhere and now they come in here and maybe some of them got something to prove, you know, Justin hasn't played in a while. How important is that for a young guy, for you to see the leadership that's coming from guys uh, that are coming in here for their first year? It's awesome, man. They get to teach us um, what they've learned from a different teams, from different um, programs, from different um, um, schemes. So it's great having veteran guys come in like um, Britt and, and, and guys that have been here like Brandon Dunn, man. He's helped me so much um, through my rookie year and now I'm getting to watch him and getting to watch him and practice how they practice, how they um, um, practice and get after it. Now back in the day in the old locker room, B. Dunn used to say he had control of the ox court at all times. Now the locker room's changed a little bit. Sure has. <laughs> Does Dunny still have control? Is he still, still DJ Dunny in the locker room? He is definitely still DJ <laughs> Dunny. He's definitely still running the ox court, man. Dunny is a great guy, man. Real good music guy. <laughs> Azoya Alufahai. Big Z, you're the man. Thank you very much awesome. for your time. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Go Texans. Are you kidding me? He's even got our tagline down. Go Texans. He could finish this show tonight. I mean, I should have just mic dropped, just left it right there, because that's how we end every show, with Go Texans. But I usually do it, and I say thanks to Big Z, to Derek Rivers, to Drew Doherty, to Mark Vandermeer, to Desmond King, to Nick Casario, to everybody out there listening. It's been great. Your support is fantastic. Um, it's really been such a positive vibe with the Texans in the building, and hopefully that starts to rub, out, rub off all in the community. But you guys listen, that's huge for our support, so we really appreciate it. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great night. And as always, as Big Z said, go Texans. Go Texans.